you guys do our San Diego game last year? Joe, I can't remember where I worked last week. They're going to go for it here on fourth and one. A lot of words, a lot of words. No snap, no play, nothing, ready? What's your heart? Our count threw him off sides. Hey there, welcome to Hard Count, Fox Sports Australia's NFL podcast. My name is Melanie Zinyashki and friends, we have arrived. The final week of the regular season has concluded, the playoff picture has been decided and we are just about a month away from the grand finale, Super Bowl 51. Now, of course, over the holiday period, I am without regular hosts, Laurie Horish and Patrick Stack. But as with last week, I'm joined in the studio by a special guest host. Please welcome Draft Stars extraordinaire, Phil Pryor. Not very special. Um, no? I don't even think Skeleton You're Crew would, uh, would, <laughs> would sum it up today. Um, I'm just the fantasy guy. and So what a week to bring me in, the week after all the fantasy finishes. <laughs> well, look, it's, it was um, a big year in fantasy here in the office as well, uh, Laurie, yeah. of course, making the final, <laughs> but falling at the, at the last hurdle there against uh, another one of our colleagues. Um, but how have you enjoyed uh, the season as a whole? How would you sort of... Sum it all up, Phil. Loved every minute. Uh, lived it and breathed mm-hmm. it at least. But, you know, it's the NFL and uh, um, that is, is just surprise after surprise after surprise. That's the one thing you can be sure of um, in this uh, in this league. So um, looking forward to, to what lies ahead in, uh, in January and into Feb. No, it's great to have you on board, Phil. And uh, look, let's get right into it. Yeah, and in this week's episode, rather than wrapping everything up that happened in week 17, because we'll be taking a bit of Most a... Most of it's irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll be taking a bit of a broader look at the year and handing out our end-of-season awards. I guess there were some big results. Most of the playoff teams were already decided anyway, bar a few exceptions. This week we saw Washington lose their spot in the playoffs. Yeah, a couple of disappointments in mm-hmm. teams like Washington. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of potential and they had every opportunity to, to get there against the Giants as well, but just couldn't get all the way across the line um, and of course uh, the Green Bay Packers beating Detroit Detroit didn't lose anything though they're still in the playoffs they are um, but it look they've um, it looks like they might have a really uh, you know tough time uh, progressing further um, further than this week they've obviously got to travel to Seattle mm-hmm. um, who have been a little bit inconsistent this season mm-hmm. um, compared to uh, normal sort of winter form um, over the last kind of four ish seasons but um, you know, they've had a strong season. They continued to, um, you know, against all expectations, come away with W's. Yeah, um, but, yeah, yeah I, I Those think... fourth quarter comebacks were extraordinary this year for the Lions, but I yeah. think they're going to be, you know, you can't quite write them off, even if they did get defeated by the Packers there. Um, and then the other big results, of course, Kansas City yanking the AFC West title from Oakland's mm. grasp. Oh, man. Um, they could be another one-and-done t- <laughs> team now. Well, Matt McGloin stepped up and he got injured, got a shoulder injury, and then up came Connor Cook for Oakland. And uh, if you were a Raiders fan out there, you'd probably be a little bit worried because, uh, yeah, they did lose their worried. playoff spot. Yep. But, you know, going forward, it's going to be tough. We'll have a better look at um, what's lying ahead in week one of the playoffs a little later in the episode. But let's get into our... End of season awards. The hard count. End of season awards. And we're going to kick it all off with breakout player of the year. Who have you got? 
Uh, I think we we're both kind of in agreement on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we're a little offensively biased. Well, particularly <laughs> me as a, as a fantasy, as a fantasy guy. analyst dude. But um, uh, Terrell Pryor just kind of came out of nowhere, didn't yeah. he? Oh. Maybe I'm a little bit last name biased with that one as well. But um, Are you a brother from another mother or <laughs> no, <laughs> just a brother from another mother? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no. Um, yeah, obviously Cleveland's uh, wide receiver one, um, if you don't mind, even with Corey Coleman, uh, mm-hmm. probably the, uh, uh, the wide receiver um, uh, rookie uh, in terms of class uh, and talent, but Terrell Pryor really overshadowed uh, Coleman, even when he what when the rookie was fit, mm. um, you know, in a team that just <laughs> oh they were rubbish this year. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean uh, to, it's to the same old it. in some ways, but you know at the same yeah, time yeah to finish with over a thousand receiving yards um, in a in a, in a, in in the offense that that uh, the Browns were uh, was very impressive. Um, and and also he got a uh, pretty interesting stat as well. Well, uh, sorry, a, a gong, I guess you could say. He's only the second player in NFL history to have 1,000 reception yards and 1,000 pass yards to his name. So the other guy to do that was Marlon Briscoe. Um, of course, Pryor used to be a quarterback and he mm-hmm. had um, almost 1,800 yards passing in 2013 when he was QB for the Raiders and now seeming to really find his feet as a wide receiver. And that has to help, you know, um, I, I can only assume it, it helps uh, being able to put yourself in the in the shoes of your quarterback uh, when you're running routes and, uh, and and trying to find space down the field. So, um, so that's that's no doubt um, made his transition uh, more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's move to comeback player of the year. Um, I've got Le'Veon Bell, Pittsburgh Steelers running back. Missed a couple of games early, but uh, really came back strong. And he's been a real key to them uh, making it to the playoffs because Big Ben sort of had a couple of struggles through the season, a bit of up and down performances. They've of course got Antonio Brown um, in there. In their team, who's a big help too, but Le'Veon Bell was a real constant, and and this year, uh, 1,200 yards, uh, over 1,200 yards, I should say, in 12 games. Uh, that's that's a big effort with seven touchdowns. Yeah, uh, for mine, the other uh, nominee in this category was uh, Jordy Nelson, and and you can really sort of um, mirror the way their seasons progressed, respectively, mm-hmm. um, because they they did kind of start. Slow. Le'Veon Bell obviously missed the first four weeks. Yep. Uh, Jordy was there um, from the the opening round, but um, uh, it, Bell's definitely started slow. It took him a number of weeks to actually cross uh, cross the goal line into the end zone. Yep. Um, but you know the second half of the season was just enormous. Particularly that game against Buffalo was just ridiculous. And at the beginning of the season, Jordy Nelson probably didn't quite come you know hit the ground running oh no big time it it was also a bit of a slow burner trying to get back into the rhythm of things but once he did and once him and Aaron Rodgers started sinking again uh, we've seen what sort of magic they can produce on the field in recent weeks there was clear evidence um, of the progression that he took week after week Um, I don't have the numbers in front of me but um, but his average Distance of separation mm-hmm. um, from from his de- uh, defensive uh, opponent continued to to grow, um, and obviously finished with you know huge numbers in terms of touchdowns. Um, and uh, and it's no wonder the Packers have really started to to come on at the same time yep. that Geordie has. And we should disclose that they are your team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. So maybe a little bit of biased in there. So much biased today already, but um, I, I, he definitely deserved an honourable mention. Terrell um, Pryor, number one. 
one because the surname, <laughs> Green Bay Packers wide receiver number two. Well, uh, that's uh, as good a reason as any to move on to something which uh, I guess there's no link to you really. Rookie of the year. And we're both in agreement for this one. Yeah, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, um, without a Zeke. doubt. The un- really, the only other name in the conversation is Dak, the quarterback. But um, he uh, Zeke led the league in, in rushing yards, 1,631. Massive. 15 rushing touchdowns, um, throw in a receiving touchdown as well. Um, just a huge year and f- just an absolute thoroughbred of a, of a running back. But for mine, what, what I really liked um, seeing uh, – week after week with Zeke mm-hmm. um, was just the, the post-contact uh, work and yardage. Every time he, he would hit a defender, um, he was falling the right way. Yeah. Um, and he, he seemed to sort of scramble for an extra three or four yards every time um, he was hit in defense. And it, it, for mine, I, I just couldn't get enough of that. Yeah, no, it was brilliant to watch him sort of uh, really establish himself as the league's best running back. And, it's and you, exciting when you see a talent like that fresh out of college to just make yeah. such an impact. I mean, obviously you can't really um, uh, sort of put forward these Elliott and uh, Prescott nominations without honourably mentioning the offensive, the offensive line. line. Of course, yeah. of course. And, and, you know, as is usually the case, the offensive line – don't get the props they deserve uh, with the offensive this guys. This year, the Cowboys scores, line has, <laughs> hasn't it? Given that they're, you know, two of their um, uh, their uh, their key linchpins yeah. in offense are rookies. Yeah. Um, it that just sort of highlights uh, the quality of that line. Yeah, absolutely. All right, now we move on to. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Award for me, I've got to pick Carson Wentz. I feel like he started hot um, and he was probably, you know, had that real sort of, um, he looked like he was an experienced guy, obviously being a bit of an older rookie than the rest of the guys remaining in college for the entirety, not not leaving early to get drafted. Um, but then I guess that conservative experience sort of thing, teams figured out real quick and um, he was forced in the latter part of the season to really get tested and really start to evolve. And I think we sort of saw a little bit of that towards the end of the season. But, um, you know, I, I think for him and, and for the Eagles as a whole, um, I really wanted to see that continue to grow quicker and, and at a more just to show me more because mm. there was great foundations there and I don't think that – maybe it's not even his fault. Maybe it's the Eagles coaching staff that should take a bit of the, the flack here for not really pushing him um, the way that perhaps he really needed to be pushed. Yeah, well, through the, the – I suppose the fantasy lens, um, it was just kind of baffling how the uh, the, the coaches ran that offense um, in terms of the backfield. Um, uh. It was just, you know – it was completely random week after week who was yeah. going to get the majority of the snaps back there. Ryan Matthews, when he was fit, he actually looked pretty good. And then there were some weeks when, um, when that you know the cameras would pan to him on the side on the sideline, just standing there. And Darren Sproles was getting all the work. And yeah. and but then he got injured, of course. Of course he did. So that kind of you know forced their hand to, to play a lot more of um, of Sproles, but. Um, there was no consistency in that backfield, which which didn't really help the Eagles' offense. Um, Carson Wentz, um, he probably did kind of slow down in, in the back end of the season. But for mine, I saw enough to um, to really to, – to still trust that he's a quality quarterback. Oh, absolutely. No um, doubt about that. I think what I'm saying is more that 
uh, there were the signs there that he could have really built something good. Um, mm. And I mean, maybe this comes down to the receiving weapons that he was lacking as well, which yeah. uh, should also yeah. be mentioned. Uh, Jared Goff, for me, also gets a, an honourable mention in this particular category because uh, you can't be angry at him. It's not his fault he wasn't started. Um, Jeff Fisher, of course, bit the dust at the Rams. Um, yeah. Another terrible record there for... Yeah. Uh, well, the LA Rams, they're not the St. Louis Rams anymore, but Jared Goff came out, number one draft pick, a lot of, lot of talk about him being um, you know, a real talent with a, a lot of potential, and we just didn't get to see him until you know, it was too late and the, the season was pretty much over and the team was just not performing, to be honest. So yep. another disappointment there. Yeah, plenty of uh, hard knocks at the back end of, uh, oh of the season for Goff, but... I, th- I think, it, you know, you're putting these two in the same basket. Goff and Wentz, obviously mm-hmm. the number one and two draft picks last season. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, if I'm starting scratch with one of these quarterbacks, I'm picking Wentz because they there are still too many question marks over Goff um, and his genuine credentials as a franchise quarterback moving forward based on what we saw this year, his mechanical issues, um, his, uh, you know, his ability to sort of um, stand in the pocket um, confidently, um, and sort of make the right decisions. There yep. are still way too many question marks for mine. Yep, yep. All right, and now we move to the other side of the, as you mentioned, number one and number two pick in the draft. But I want to now <laughs> ask you, who gets the Ryan Leaf Award, the biggest draft bust? Uh, I feel so sorry for the, for this guy, <laughs> Roberto Aguayo, the Tampa Bay kicker. You're really on a hiding to nothing when you get taken in the second <laughs> round as a kicker. As a kicker, uh, yeah. I mean, it was ridiculous of the Bucks to to pull this off. We're not going to continue talking about that. It's been done. Um, and to be, I mean, are there really many uh, humans on the planet with the mental stability to be able to come out and perform under under the, under the pressures that were involved in, in how high he was taken uh, yep. in that draft um, and the expectation level that comes with that? Well, we spoke to Brad Craddock earlier in the season, an Australian uh, kicker who came, he went to the University of Maryland and he got a tryout with the Browns and didn't make it through preseason and he's a free agent now still. So if any NFL teams are looking for a kicker, give him a call for sure. But he gave us a bit of insight into, um, you know, how NFL teams think about kickers and he basically said, look, they're just, they're so wary about taking a shot on the rookie. Even if they get a free agent guy who's spent a year not playing, they'd prefer him over a rookie because there's so much pressure Mm. being put on these guys. And that gets probably elevated to an all new level when the guy is, as you mentioned, a second round pick. But you still got to look at these numbers and uh, it doesn't look good for Aguayo. They said that He's going to um, be getting some competition in preseason next year, which I think is fair enough because uh, lowest percentage in the league, 71%, um, 22 out of 31 field goals made, field field goals made, sorry, um, and 43 yard, the longest. It's not, it's not too impressive. No, Um, but they have invested a lot in this guy. So they, they definitely will stick with him um, at least for another season. You would think. You reckon? Um, Look, I I think so. Yeah. and he was particularly shaky early on this season. Mm. We saw slow signs of progression, so I think they'll I think they'll stick with him. Okay, all right. And now we go into the best Whoa, Nelly. moment of the year. And my pick is week four against Carolina Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Julio down by the schoolyard Jones. 300 yards he got in that game, and he got it with his 12th catch of the day for a touchdown. Um, that's something special, right? 
Yeah, uh, Julio, he obviously, um, you know, had a, had some fitness queries later this season. Um, it was a little bit boom or bust for, for Julio's standards at times this year, yep. as, as the numbers week to week would suggest. But not always um, Julio's fault, though, because no. I think it was more that Atlanta just had more targets. Had so many more, weapons. Yeah. A lot more weapons, a lot yeah. more options for Matt Ryan, and that's what's made them such a threat this year, too, is that not relying on Julio all the time. Um, but, you know, he's he's... Yeah, he might have had those games where, in fantasy terms, I know because I had him on one one of my teams. He'd have you know zero points one game, and then next game light up with about thirty. But you know what can you do? That is the NFL, but you still got to res- throw some respect to the guy because he oh, had a stellar man. year. Yeah. And yeah, and just from what you read and and what you hear. Um, you know, Matt Ryan's job is so much is made so much uh, easier because mm. Julio is just uh, is that leadership presence in that offense. Um, yeah. Even not, you see him on the sidelines, just the presence he provides that whole team. Yeah. Um, I think everyone around him, uh, you know, grows grows an extra yard because of uh, Julio's presence. Yeah, right. Have you got another moment of the year? Sorry, the <laughs> moment of the year, Phil, that um, really sort of caught your eye. Oh, maybe. Oh, that Des catch last week was pretty uh, impressive. Yeah, uh, yeah, maybe yeah. a bit of recency bias there, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go uh, with that. No, Des has had a great year too. Um, obviously, Dallas returning to a bit boom or bust as well, but yeah. Well, for Des sometimes, <laughs> but again, it, it shows the quality of the team that they've got right now, and um, being NFC East champions once again, that's that's a, a big get for them, and they've got to be one of the Super Bowl favorites for sure. Oh yeah. Um, now we move on to biggest NFLity of the year. Now, for you, those of you who aren't familiar with the show and of felonies, we're looking at the people who have just done rubbish things, either some off-field incidents or they've flicked off a tweet that's a bit, you know, unsavory <laughs> or, um, you, you know, Johnny Manziel. Think Johnny Manziel, right? Um, so my pick, Phil, is the Bills fan um, who unfortunately threw a dildo on the field in week eight at the Pats v. Buffalo game, uncalled for. <laughs> Man, this has got some, uh, some air time, this incident. <laughs> it was so embarrassing to watch. And then also, the I loved how the refs, um, when they saw and they realized what it was, no one wanted to touch it. No one wanted to go anywhere near it because they didn't want <laughs> that screenshot to be of them holding it on a field and all that. They're um, kind of such – they were a reasonably irrelevant team this season <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, had – they just they they they're never really um, an overly interesting team, you know the Rex Ryan sort mm. of um, sort of way about things. But um, maybe aside from a, a, a game at Lambeau, obviously mm-hmm. as a Packers fan, mm-hmm. I think it'd be I think Buffalo would be one of the places where I'd go to go to watch a game just because of the the fans and the <laughs> reputation that these uh, Buffalo faithful have. How do you feel about doing uh, slams off an RV onto a table though? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what it's all about. Exactly, you need to do the whole the whole experience. <laughs> if you're not breaking an arm or a leg, you're not trying hard enough. Basically, exactly. In <laughs> um, all right, now we move on to best Aussie of the year. Yes, they're repping Great Southern Land, Australia, and we're looking at Brad Wing. No contest. <laughs> um, I mean, the Giants' defence um, has got plenty of plaudits this year. Mm-hmm. Um, as a Packers fan, um, I'm pretty nervous uh, facing the Giants in, in week one, um, be, uh, with good reason. But, um, you know, p- 
this is probably the only NFL podcast out there that doesn't overrate Brad Wing's um, contribution mm. um, to what uh, the Giants have been able to do defensively this season. Yeah. Um, the amount of times that he's landed punts inside the 20, what have we got down here? 28 times this season. Yeah, huge. Um, really one of the best punters in the league this year. Yep, that directional punting is what he's um, really been his specialty and the pooch punts, obviously with an Aussie rules background as most Aussie punters in the NFL have. Um, 46.2 yard average, though. That's a career high for him. Um, Career high in gross and net averages. uh, The most in his career that he's had downed and um, career fewest fair catches, which shows that he's punting it where the guys cannot return it, basically. Mm. Um, he's he's getting it to roll. He's getting Lots of guys, hang time. Yep, and guys like Dwayne Harris on special teams coverage unit just getting down there and downing the ball deep. It, it makes it tough for teams to start from their own, you know, five-yard, three-yard line. It's, it's incredible the job he's done, and um, it's especially good to see that in his third year in the league, he's shown a lot of improvement. So um, great things for Brad going forward. And one to watch in the playoffs too, which will be very, Absolutely. very exciting. Along yeah. with um, John Berry, of course, mm. in Pittsburgh. So we'll have two Aussies in the playoffs. It's great news, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, well, I don't know. Let's see if they can uh, <laughs> possibly meet uh, on the on the last day. But oh, prob- yep. Well, they're on the opposite sides of of the you know AFC and NFC, so it's not it's not impossible. Um, what do we got next, Phil? Uh, the lucky to still be in a job award. Very catchy um, title that one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, pretty self-explanatory as well. Mm. Um, obviously, you know Black Monday sees uh, a bunch of coaches. Culled as per usual. Yep, uh, Mel, who time. we got? We got Chip Kelly at the 49ers. He's gone, um, as well as Trent Bulky, uh, the GM. So mm. interesting times for the 49ers. Mike McCoy from the Chargers, he got punted. Uh, Rex Ryan at the Bills was shown the door earlier. Um, and Gary Kubiak, that's a mm. big one because, you know, he actually retired. He's retired, be. yeah. <laughs> no one's been giving him the boot, uh, which is fair enough because he won a Super Bowl last year. And it's pretty incredible that one year after winning a Super Bowl, he's having to um, hang up the whistle, I guess, is what it is for coaches. Um, Slightly got, confusing one. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly. Um, but he's got to look after his health. He had like a minor stroke, mm. uh, a mini, sorry, a mini stroke um, in the season and he had some migraines and stuff that was keeping him from actually being out there when he's playing, when his team was playing. I would too when you look at their backfield oh. and quarterback situation. I think Paxton Lynch will probably mm. get a big look in in the off season for sure. Um, we've sort of gone a little bit off topic, but the Broncos are worth talking about. But the lucky to still be in a job award, um, for me, I'm looking at Hugh Jackson it was either between you basically got two choices in this award Hugh Jackson or Todd Bowles of course Todd Bowles being the coach of the New York Jets yeah, yeah. or Hugh Jackson who won a single game um, yeah I mean I, uh, I, I, I'm I, probably uh, leaning towards Bowles more just because uh, they've still got talented pieces um, yeah. on both sides of the ball uh, in, uh, in New York and obviously Ryan Fitzpatrick was just woeful yeah. um, this season. And their backups weren't much better either. Hackenberg and Petty is the <laughs> other guy. Yeah, they were they were I mean, but their O line too has to take there was one I think it was when Petty got injured where their O line just just missed about yeah. two guys and yeah. absolutely sandwich crushed the um, the QB. He had no defense. Um, and that's a scary situation if you're uh, a QB. Yeah, I mean yeah and I I think everyone's still, you know, they they have that little bit of um, sympathy for for Hugh Jackson because, um, 
It's you the know, Browns. He just doesn't have the cattle, does he? You yeah. know, a barista's only as good as the the coffee that they're working <laughs> with, and um, and and Hugh was working with. Uh, with the what, what's, <laughs> Vittoria what's a, what's a or something what's like that. What's a crappy bean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just well over-roasted. Right, yeah. right, right. Burnt. Got that bitter taste. Yeah, it's just yeah. not doing it for you. No. Um, yeah, I see what you're saying. Hugh Jackson is, you know, the obvious choice. As we said, 1-15. Um, last or bl- well below everybody else in, in most categories on offense and defense. Um but yeah, Todd Bowles probably has a bit more to answer for because Hugh Jackson had how many quarterbacks did they have this year? They had Josh McCown, they had oh, RG three, they had um, Kessler, uh, and they yeah, had yeah Kessler. There was another one I can't even think of his name. Yeah, um, me neither. <laughs> Look, it was it was a rotational QB position, and we uh, should have mentioned that when we uh, when Terrell Pryor was uh, was mentioned for yeah, his award. And again, that makes his his achievements that bit more astounding, really mm. outstanding and astounding because outstanding, um, outstanding, exactly. Um, because yeah, how the Cleveland Browns managed to uh, to pull together any any semblance of an offense is is remarkable, but. Um, you know, we've got to watch Hugh Jackson very closely mm. still, I think, because if he doesn't seriously make some big moves um, next season, we'll be asking a lot of questions. The big one was, remember, Taylor Gabriel, they let him go. Yeah. Um, and then he's done wonders, was it in Atlanta? Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're letting go of players that can produce like that on the fields, a lot of people are looking at the coach going, how did that happen? How did you let this guy through? So um, he's he's got a lot of pressure on him still, that's for sure. And the the other end of the spectrum, it was a nice little transition. We mentioned Taylor Gabriel, but, you know, much of the reason that he's had the success he's had is because of uh, the league MVP favourite uh, in Matt Ryan. And would you say he's... You're the real MVP. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I mean, you know, there's obviously talk of the usuals, Tom Brady and uh, and, and Drew Brees and, and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Um, but, you know... Uh, for Atlanta to clinch that uh, that week one bye um, in the NFC, uh, it was just the, for me, for mine the cherry on top that um, that he is uh, deserved of the MVP award. Yep, the MVP award is the big one, isn't it? It's the one that uh, most players probably aspire to, and it is usually quarterback led, um, just because they play such a huge role in in teams winning. Um, Matt Ryan, I'm in agreement with you there, Phil, and I think it just comes down to across the board. Uh, consistency, something that Aaron Rodgers sort of slipped on a couple of times. So did Ben, Big Ben. Um, Tom Brady obviously didn't play the first four games of the season and still got three wins for the Patriots um, through that. Um, Brady's still great. Um, he's only got this the second highest uh, quarterback rating behind um, yeah, Ryan. so I think but, Ryan but, but, Ryan's quarterback rating, yeah, one hundred and seventeen point yeah. one for the for the league, just and ahead of Brady. And and while I think it comes down to those two, to be honest, but yeah. you got to say Ryan because and that was about um, parallel with uh, with Brady's rating in that 07 season. Yeah. Uh, I read on the NFL website, I think. So, yeah. like, that just gives you an indication of, of how solid Massive. Matt Ryan was this season. And I think it was also um, – he was really probably underrated uh, last season as well. And I think there was a little bit of that sort of uh, natural backfield touchdown regression. Mm-hmm. Uh, Devontae Freeman was mm-hmm. otherworldly last season. But all of a sudden, things started to um, – 
to sort of balance themselves out um, yep. from that from an offensive sense. Yep. Um, and Matt Ryan, um, you know, produced the numbers. Yeah, took full advantage. Thirty-eight touchdowns on the year. That's only two behind Rogers. But as I said, Rogers didn't have the same consistency that Matt Ryan had. The interesting fact I really like about uh, Matt Ryan is. He's almost throwing per pass attempt first down. Like they have a spectacular first down conversion rate. And I think that comes from the fact that um, Matt Ryan's going for, on average, 9.26 yards per pass attempt. Um, and that's massive. And with a third highest completion rating, that is uh, <laughs> definitely um, a formula for success. Um, so I, d- I don't think there's any real argument here. Um, now we go on to defensive player of the year, the other side of the ball. Um, and this one, there's a lot of contenders. you got a huge year for Giants, um, Landon Collins. Um, we got Joey Bosa, who gets my honorable mention for the San Diego Chargers. Um, but Von Miller, for me, you can't look past him. 78 tackles, 13 and a half sacks. Um, and, yeah, just uh, almost growing on last season. Mm. You know? oh, hugely. Yeah, yeah, he's making a lot of plays there. And um, in the last few weeks, he hasn't – I think he went four games without a sack. But up until uh, that point – just dominant, absolutely dominant. And I think even despite him not getting the sack in the last few games, he was still pressuring that quarterback, still, you know, making his presence felt. And I guarantee he's probably the biggest nightmare for any um, opposition quarterback. There's there's no one who can really quite um, probably scare them like, like yeah, there's, can. Yeah, there's a lot of quarterbacks that are, are comfortable um, heading into the playoff picture knowing that yeah. uh, they don't have Von Miller uh you know, getting it all in their grill. And as a New England fan, we probably mentioned Malcolm Butler too. Um, oh, yeah. He was just enormous this year. And yeah. the other week I had a, a really good look at the um, the Patriots-Denver uh, match. Mm-hmm. Manny Sanders um, was just completely wiped out um, of that contest uh, yep. because of the work of Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler's been huge since obviously that big Super Bowl uh, play a couple of years ago where he intercepted Russell Wilson to get the game-winning interception. Mm. Um, he's And that was as a rookie too. Yeah. Um, he's continued to develop in a, a really promising way. Uh, yeah, he's one of the top cornerbacks, I would say, in the league easily, but maybe it is my uh, bias there. But um, Once again, decent transition to the next category. It is, and what is that? Uh, coach of the year. Uh, look no further than Bill Belichick for the for the work he's been able to um, do yet again, despite a number of uh, oh gosh, of so many issues and question marks. Uh, they, it's I mean um, everybody, and I'm sure Laurie would be one of these guys to really get uh, all up in the grill of of uh, Patriots fans and the Patriots themselves uh, because of uh, you know them constantly being that playoffs team. They're always there. They're ever present and. They've had quite a few successful years, but this year particularly has been tough. Like they've had to overcome Deflategate, losing their star quarterback for the first four games, having to play a rookie in one of them, getting their backup injured um, in one of those games. Um, it's really been not easy. And then also you got the injuries. Gronk, um, it was a big one. Um, the constant pressure of having to succeed. Um, it hasn't been very easy, but Bill Chelly. Bill Belichick in true Bill Belichick style uh, just uh, has managed to sort of right the ship. And I think that, that shows on the field that they've managed to just put aside all this other stuff that would be very big distractions for most teams um, and manage to still perform on the field. And cheeky shout out 
to what Adam Gase has been able to um, muster the second half of the season yeah. in Miami. And I guess the final one for the year uh, for our to wrap up our hard count awards uh, for the 2016/17 season, the biggest loss to the league. Now this. Again, I'm going to say Rob Gronkowski because it's just a shame. Um, I'm pulling out my Pats hat, but it's just a shame we're not going to be able to see him in the playoffs. Um, he's definitely out. Um, hell of a talent. Made some big plays through the season. But, you know, injury strikes and he's going to be out of action. Yeah, there's no doubt the, um, the numbers uh, really back up um, the fact that the Patriots aren't um, – you know the complete offense they are without Gronk out mm. there. Um, they've be- they've impressively uh, covered up for Gronk this season. Obviously, having Martellus Bennett there as well really helps that. Very handy. Um, but uh, I mean, even Brady's rating as a quarterback without Gronk and with Gronk is quite resounding. So um, so yeah, it, it's a massive loss heading into the the playoffs um, and uh, you know uh, that might be like if they don't go on to win the Super Bowl that. They might really, um, you know, look back at, at, uh, on that as one of the sort of the, the major reasons why they just sort of couldn't um, couldn't seal things. Um, but for, I, I, I'm going to go one different. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think who you got? I, Derek Carr. Derek um, Carr. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think Oakland. Um, they could have been. Uh, they could have put up a bit of a fight um, in the playoffs. They. They were a really good team all year. Um, a lot of that was off the back of um, Derek Carr and and what he brings to um, to that Oakland offense. Um, you know, so many times, um, you know, the questions were asked in fourth quarters of, of Raiders games, and and he was able to get the job done. Um, and it's a real shame that now the Raiders have to go to Houston um, yeah. as the underdogs yeah. uh, in that in that playoffs game, which is. Looks like a bit of a bludger of a game, really. Yeah, um, Matt McGloin and uh, and Connor Cook steering the ship, which they didn't do too well. Uh, yeah. This in week seventeen, um, obviously it was a tough ask against the Broncos, but they went down twenty four to six, just the one touchdown. Uh, yeah, it's, it wasn't very convincing. And if I was um, old mate Blackjack Del Rio, <laughs> he's got to be pulling out a real wild card at this at this point. Um, all the aces on the table to, yeah. to pull this one off because um, even if Houston, um, you know, some would argue probably not uh, the hottest team in the playoffs uh, with Brock Osweiler <laughs> in tow um, and a 9-7 and seven record, Oakland are going to struggle, I think, because they're just, yeah, you're right, losing Derek Carr, it showed, it really showed yeah, in yeah. Week 17. <laughs> there was one more name that I have to mention, yeah, and yeah. that, of course, is Steve Smith, the Talk about a big loss to the league. Yeah, not just yeah. this season, but uh, him hanging up his boots. On it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> not, yeah. That, that's an analogy that works better, perhaps. Um, but he's hanging up his boots and retiring. And uh, this is what he had to say after the game. All right, Steve, I got to ask you the million-dollar question: Was this your final game? Yeah, this is it. This is it. I can see the emotion that you're feeling right now. It's been 16 amazing years. What do you hope your legacy will be? Legacy is not what you give people, it's what you put inside people, and also what they put inside of me. There's a lot of guys I respect. I'm going to miss them, but, you know, at some point it comes to an end. Um, I got a beautiful wife at home, Angie, and four kids. I need their dad, and I need I need my kids. So I'm going home, and um, I got
got a lot of catching up to do. You know, this game is giving me a lot. But at the same time, I need to give my family more. What are you going to miss most about the game? I know I'm not going to miss practice. I can tell you that. <laughs> He's not going to miss practice, that's for sure. But Didn't he say also he just wants to go to Disneyland? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he wants to. I think he, he uh, would, would have loved to have done that this season. But it wasn't to be with the Ravens missing out. Um, but what a career he's had. Um, we'll miss him on and off the field. Absolutely. <laughs> he had some of the best uh, locker room uh, trash talk yeah. Uh, in the league, I think, in history. You don't take on Steve Smith. No, you don't. And there are plenty <laughs> who did, Philip. <laughs> and and learnt their lesson. And they learnt their lesson on and off the field. He was just one of the best talkers. and But at the same time, it, as you can tell by that, that grab there, a real family man, um, really quite devoted father and um, a good role model, I think a lot of people would say. Um, but on the field, that white line fever kicked in and yeah. uh, he did not hold back. I highly recommend you Google uh, Steve Smith's uh, trash talk or something like that and you will get some results, trust me. Still produced on the field this season too. Um, had some um, some explosive plays right up until, uh, and, you know, until this week. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, congrats. Well done, Steve Smith. And now we're going to ask... Do you see what I see? Do you see what I see? I am wanting your playoff week one prediction. Now, of course, before we have before we get into that, we have to mention the top two seeds from each conference. They get the, the week off, the bye. Mm. So uh, New England at number one and Kansas City at number two in AFC and Dallas at number one and Atlanta at number two in the NFC. They get a little bit of time to put up their feet and um, really study the game book and, and analyze these teams. And first up on Sunday morning in Australia, we'll have Oakland at Houston. Yeah, Oakland at Houston. We we did allude to this encounter, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, look, Houston's a different team at home, particularly defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I sort of said, I think, they're probably just going to um, stack the box a bit, um, stop the Raiders' run. Latavius Murray has been really good this year. So has Jalen Rashad as a sort of a change of pace back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, look, the the Raiders' um, air game is just, you know, it's not the same without Derek Carr there. Um, perhaps the fact that they can sort of go back to more eye formation um, with McGloin now that, um, you know, Derek Carr with his bad thumb isn't just getting out of shotgun could help their um, their running game. He's got um, a bad thumb and a, and a broken fibula. Yeah. He's, he, he's all banged up, Derek Carr. He, is, he certainly is. So, I mean, maybe that helps um, Latavius Murray um, and Rashad a little bit in that backfield. But I think Houston's, um, Houston's going to uh, just sort of... Um, angle their defense um, towards stopping the Raider run. And I think, um, unfortunately, I I don't think Houston deserve to be, uh, to win a playoff game (laughs) in terms of what they've shown this season. But I think they'll get over the line against the Raiders. And uh, they will be playing, I believe it's the Patriots, the winner of that game. So um, the Patriots will wait very anxiously at who will win that one. Um, You know, probably spells good things for them. Uh, but so basically, if you don't want to get up early, don't bother. Don't, yeah, it's, I don't think it's going to be... Of all the games that are on in this playoffs week one sort of bracket, 
this one's definitely the one that I could easily miss it <laughs> and not cry about. I won't because I'm a professional, Phil. Of course. And I'm going to watch all the games. But, um, yeah, I think Houston will just probably – it'll be one of those games where they get enough points to win – but it won't be anything flashy. I don't think we're going to see anything lining it up. And it's a great achievement for Houston to even be here, um, as I said, with Brock. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a pretty one to watch. The next one that will come on after that game, also on Sunday morning, will be Detroit at Seattle. And uh, you talked about this a little earlier too, going mm-hmm. to Seattle, um, even with the cold weather conditions and stuff. You can't look past Seattle as that 12th man you know, situation they have such a fortress there, yeah. And um, Russell Wilson, he's gonna love it. I think he, I think he's just gonna tear up Detroit. Um, I can't see that Detroit are gonna put up enough to sort of come back at Seattle. Um, also, that defense, the Legion of Boom. I, yeah, I just I can't see Seattle losing this one for mine. Yeah, I mean, if it, w- what we did say earlier though is uh, it's not the same Seattle team that that we've seen. Um, in in the American winter uh, over the last kind of you know four or five seasons, so mm-hmm. they have been inconsistent. They have been um, questionable and doubtful at times this season, unpredictably as well. Um, and Detroit, um, you know, they deserve some credit for the season that they've had uh, defensively. Um, I really like Darius Slay, the corner there. Um, oh, uh, he's great. Yeah, he might do. He might do a, a good job um, on. Uh, on Doug Baldwin, um, but and and I mean Stafford's been been pretty solid too. So I don't think this is a foregone conclusion. Seattle obviously deserve to be favourites. Um, mm-hmm. It is in Seattle, um, but this is one of those contests that I can see going either way. Right, right. Uh, Darius Slay, big play Slay on on Snapchat. If you guys want to give that a follow, good one. Um, yeah, it's all right. It, like he's he's quite um he's very loved up. So there's a lot about uh, him and okay. his his. Uh, I don't know if it's his girlfriend or his wife. I think they're just boyfriend girlfriend. But the point is, there's a lot of you know selfies and all that sort of stuff. But he seems like a cool enough guy, um, <laughs> and great to see him producing on the field for Detroit because yeah, he's been a, a real standout. You talk about um, defensive players making making themselves known. Uh, he's definitely in that conversation for sure because he's had some game winning efforts um, for Detroit. Um, the next game on week one of the playoffs will be Miami at Pittsburgh. And these ones, these two games, they're on Monday morning Australian time. Yeah, Pittsburgh, they're on a seven-game winning streak. Um, you know, they're a quality outfit, particularly in offense. But their D's um, sort of uh, cheekily improved the second half of the season as well. Um, for mine, just just goes to show that um, Pittsburgh are probably in a league of their own in this one and should yeah. get the job done. I mean, they, they were already sort of, I think they got assured their spot already before, but they copped to 35-14 walloping from the Patriots at home in Miami. So I don't see them traveling to uh, frosty Pittsburgh and pulling away the win. It's, um, yeah, I just don't see that <laughs> happening. Um, no, they'll, no. they'll probably, you know, put up some good players and put up a bit of a fight. But Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger, um, as you said, that defense sort of starting to make a few plays. Uh, yeah, just don't see it happening. It's not happening. NY Giants, or New York Giants, as other people <laughs> sometimes call them, at Green Bay. This is a really, really interesting match because you've got um, a great defense, well, you know, an emerging defense that, that can make some plays and really... Uh, make teams struggle to to get points on the board versus a team that has been on fire. Aaron Rodgers is just 
hit all new levels and he is feeling it. And the game that we saw uh, this week against uh, Detroit, you know, he's really, really in on another level right now. And you can tell he's ecstatic and that confidence is going to be hard to keep in check for the Giants. Yeah, you don't go to Green Bay in December and win. Um, I think. Well, I think you know what is it? They're, they're on a pretty ridiculous streak in terms of. Yeah, they um, pulled out of the hat. I don't think people, many people, thought that they would even make it to the playoffs, let alone win the NFC West uh, title. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. the NFC North title. Yeah, they finished um, strong. That yeah, that the um, and yeah, and they're even harder to beat uh, at home in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. That's what I was getting at. So. Field. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, they've got their, their pieces back in secondary. Um, had, do the, the Packers, obviously, we've, we've already credited um, the Giants' defense. Um, but they've got Clay as well, and he's, he's back in the frame. He was out for a lot of the seasons. So yeah. um, getting Clay back is a huge deal, isn't it? Yeah, and players like Haha Clinton Dix have come good at the right time as well. Um, yeah, so he's been making a lot of sacks. Yeah. yeah, is JPP back and healthy for New York? Do you uh, know? I don't believe so. JPP, of course, being Jason Pure, Pierre Paul, uh, who was injured. I think he might be missing out actually. If they don't have him back too, then um, you know that makes it um, even even a trickier assignment in containing. Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the and the surrounding pieces. Yeah, that should be really big, Phil. Um, I think probably out of those games, I would say Giants at Green Bay is probably my top pick, um, as well as Detroit at Seattle for the prior day in week one of the playoffs. But mm. now I want to know. So mid-season, we had uh, between the guys, uh, Pat and Laurie and I, we, we all picked our early half, half you know, mid-season Super Bowl 51 picks. Who would be in it and who would win? Yep. What's your pick now that the season is over? What do you say, Phil? Yeah, I can see um, Dallas beating Green Bay in the NFC uh, Conference Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I know that you're, you're obviously going to side with the Patriots in the AFC. I can't do it. <laughs> Kansas City. Patrick City. Stats, Kansas City are going to beat uh, New England in the AFC. Right. Uh, and Dallas are going to be too good in the Super Bowl. Uh, Dak and Zeke. Wow. Okay. Look, yeah. that, would be a, that would be a big one because Kansas City, they're, as usual, real under-the-radar team. And for them to have pulled it out uh, to get They're to a really Super good team. Bowl. Oh, they are. But you've got to admit, they haven't been for much of the season. Like They've been maybe getting wins and they have that great defense. They've been under the radar. But Alex Smith... Not that convincing at times. No, um, certainly not. But, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey has come out real hot and uh, uh, Spencer Ware has been great. So has Chuck Hendrick West in the recent game. Uh, they beat the Chargers 37-27. The um, way I see it, they won a really good division, the AFC West. Um, you know, uh, Yeah, everyone had, thought Oakland had that wrapped up. And, yeah, you know, for sure. And then, and then, you know, Denver, they're still a good team as well. Um, yep. Obviously very strong defensively. And the Chargers um, on their good days were a very good team as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, that you know, was they, a strong, strong division. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and they won it. So yep. for mine, that deserves probably a bit of credit. Um, and, and somehow the Patriots are going to, <laughs> gonna fall yet again. Well, you know what? I really, really want to see that. <laughs> this, I mean, maybe it's uh, it's my prediction and what I want to see, which is a Patriots v Dallas Super Bowl. I oh, just think man. that would be epic. It would be fantastic. I mean, everybody who likes every other team would 
hate it because if you like any other team, you hate those two teams probably the most. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Laurie Mel Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, I've got to say, I think Mel comes out victorious. <laughs> um, but that, that's what I've got for Super Bowl Fifty One. Didn't be... Laurie pick Green Bay at halfway? Uh, I think you might have. Yeah, yeah and then they have. they went downhill for the next couple of weeks, and where you got the kiss, was, the Laurie kiss. Yeah, I was death. I was asking questions, but well, you never know. You uh, never know. It should be good. And if you've got some predictions of your own, uh, please feel free to send them through to us. At Hard Count Fox is the podcast Twitter handle. Um, my Twitter handle is at Melanie Dinyashki. If you would like to throw some. Um, debate at me uh, over some of my picks in the awards or if you've got some issue with what Phil has put forward you can find him at Phil underscore prior and on Draft Stars as well yeah of course um, Draft Stars keeps running uh, through the playoffs um, you know they're more specific games rather than the full um, kind of Monday Monday slate but um, mm-hmm. yeah your daily fantasy fix uh, is on Draft Stars um, and there'll be plenty of uh, big contests um, moving through the month of January. Um, but be sure to join us next week. We'll, ha- we'll have the full wrap of uh, week one of the playoffs, and we may have one of our hosts back in action too. I won't please, reveal, please. I won't reveal <laughs> who. Um, a very good job today, Phil. Thank you for joining us. Cheers. Uh, I don't know about good, but, um, <laughs> but we got through it. And thank you so much, dear listeners at home. We'll be back next week. Go the Packers.